This is Ilhan Adit, and I'm the multimedia reporter for the Interrobang. Welcome to the Interrobang Newsroom. Today, I am joined once again by the one and only editor of the Interrobang, Angela McGinnis. And as per usual, we are here to make sense of some of the nonsense we see in the news. Also, I'll remind you later, keep a lookout next week for an extra bonus episode of the podcast. With that being said, Angela, how are you? Dandy. <laughs> she Dandy. says this as she's about to sip coffee. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ford is about to impose <sighs> Ontario's uh, shutdown as the third wave of COVID-19 hits hard. Mm. So... Mm. We're all doing great. We're all doing okay. <laughs> By the time this podcast comes out on Monday, we record on Thursday, yeah. so it comes out on Saturday, the new restrictions. Who knows what Monday is going to look like. I know, right? Maybe we won't be able to yeah. see each other. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good Lord. T- first off, the weather. Can we just talk about the weather? Oh, and, and it's cold, yeah. It's snowing, Angela. And it's snowing. And I'm like, bro, can <laughs> the weather just like, can we can we all get on the same page as to what time period it is? Mm-hmm. Can, can it just be spring and can COVID be kind of relaxing and taking a chill break? But instead, it's like, no, nah, we're still in winter. Like, we're, we're just, we're still in the same spot from a year ago is how I feel. Yeah, <laughs> like it's, it's been a long haul. That's what uh, I meant when I was saying earlier about how mm-hmm. I forgot to believe that good things can happen. <laughs> now I know why. <laughs> right? It's such, yeah. like, like we were just discussing, it's such a, like, we're all waiting for that ball to drop. And in yep. this case, in our personal lives, but <laughs> outside, it's already dropped. Like, <laughs> COVID restrictions are back. Yep. We're now not even in a gray zone. We're moving into a new new zone, a new restriction level that's <laughs> unheard of because it's that bad, apparently. We but are. Yeah, well, yeah, they're not calling it uh, a gray zone because gray zone is what we're in currently. And then it's supposed to be more, quote unquote, more strict. We'll, we'll get into that later, okay. but it's supposed to be a little bit more strict. And as I said, quote, unquote. That's not confusing <laughs> at all. Mm. All right, Ooh, girl. We'll but um, let's 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 start a little heavy today. <laughs> Literally. Oh, God. Right. So for those that were unaware, just like myself and Angela until we read this article, Apparently, there are armed vehicles being built in London, Ontario, as a part of a $15 billion deal between Ottawa and Saudi Arabia. So the reason why this story came on my radar is because there were protesters um, that were, it was a few protesters that were blocking the railroad in which the train, uh, sorry, the railroad in which um, the armed vehicles are transported. Right. So they had a, a railroad blockade and it was only a, I think I was I, I read 10 people. It wasn't too, too big. So it was pretty easy to disperse. Mm. But it got me thinking, like, wait, what's what's going on? So to give everybody a general understanding, General Dynamics Land Systems Canada known as GDLC, is a plant that produces light armored vehicles as part of, as I mentioned, the controversial $15 billion arms deal between Ottawa and Saudi Arabia. And the issue that the protesters were protesting for, um, that didn't make sense. The reason why the protesters were protesting were, or is, the vehicles are being used in the Yemen war at this very moment. Mm. And understandably, not everyone's up to date with what's happening around this world. There's so much already going on in our own backyards. But to give people an idea of what's going on in Yemen, it's been 
It's been for quite some time, and it's argued to be one of the worst humanitarian crises going on at this very moment. So the conflict has its roots in the failure of a political transition that was supposed to bring stability to Yemen from the Arab Spring uprising, and that was in 2011. And so they had the uprising, a new president came in, and the president, the, that current president couldn't deal with the, the ongoing problems um, that was happening in Yemen. Like it was a famine, there's no jobs, and it was just, it was basically a shit show. And he couldn't deal with that, the new, uh, solving the new problems that were there, the pr new problems and the ongoing problems, right? And so he's kind of like, I'm going to move over to Saudi Arabia and yeah, figure my own shit out there. So he hasn't really been helpful for the people. And that made it very easy for rebel groups to say, hey, we're for the people. We're here to help. And understandably, when rebel groups start taking leadership, shit kind of goes south. And in this case, it's been a war for quite some time. And as I mentioned, this started in 2011 and it amped up a lot in 2014 to 2015. So currently, as I are, as I said before, it's argued to be one of the worst humanitarian, humanitarian crises, crises going on at the moment. And to sum it all up, uh, we're part of the problem here in London, Ontario. We are making these vehicles that are going, apparently, supposedly, allegedly, these vehicles that we are creating here in London, Ontario are being shipped to that Yemen war and not to help anybody, <laughs> but for the death and destruction of the people there. And so I ask Angela, uh, <laughs> a lot of questions to ask, but uh, do you think we as citizens here in London, Ontario and as a part of Canada should have a say-so in these kinds of deals um, or are we destined to remain in the dark until it's too late? Okay, so not so much, London. Mm -hmm. When I when I read this, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's shocking. It's happening in our own backyard. But this is Ottawa's fault. What the mm -hmm. hell, Ottawa? What the hell? <laughs> um, oh, and uh, I'm I am awoken to the mm -hmm. reality of um, Canada's international relations, mm -hmm. like. How much money do we get from this deal that yeah. we made? How much was it? It's $15 billion yeah. deal. So yeah, I don't know how much exactly goes straight to Ottawa and whatnot, but yeah. there's a lot of money being transferred well, this for this. Was, uh, this was a deal that was made by Stephen Harper <laughs> back in the day, and he was pretty militaristic, as I recall. Yep. Um, and then it was ratified, this mm -hmm. deal, by the Trudeau Liberals. So anybody and making this an issue about conservative no, or liberals well, doesn't I'm, matter. They're I'm just both on the side. I guess <laughs> that like the reason why this deal um, hasn't been terminated, even mm -hmm. though like it's the worst humanitarian crisis, is probably economic. And then that begs the question: Does Canada's economy really rely that much on deals like this? That's disturbing, right? It's it's literally yeah. our economy is tied to the death and destruction of human beings in other countries. I thought, in this we, were, case, I thought we were nice in Canada. See, we're what fake nice. What the fuck nice. is this? We're fake nice. We are, <laughs> we are polite nice. to your face and mm -hmm. we'll backstab you behind closed doors. That's how Canada works. America's more in your face with their fuckery. Yeah. Canada's like, no, 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 we'll pretend we're cool and we'll pretend we're, we're kind and not racist and don't and care about people. And behind closed doors, it's as per usual, money, money talks. Yeah, not enough people are talking about this. Not enough people yeah. know about this. This is why, like, 
what's what's really interesting about this story is that mm-hmm. it is it starts in London, Ontario. Yes. So like, you know, something's amiss. It mm-hmm. starts with this little group of around 10 people and mm-hmm. they were standing on the railroad tra- the CN tracks of Clark yep. Road and Oxford Street. Mm-hmm. Not probably not many people knew why they were there and what yep. was going on. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, we we have like this little tiny picture. Mm-hmm. Um, that's part of a much bigger picture is yep. what gets me about this whole story. It's like a movie. Like it's, right? it's, it's epic in its vastness of like how to the top this whole situation goes. Mm-hmm. But then shoo, you go right back and mm-hmm. it just starts with this little group of protesters here in London mm-hmm. pointing out a very big problem in Canada. Not enough people know about this. And um, there shouldn't just be protests on these tracks. There should be protests in Ottawa. This isn't right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it it goes back to the question, as citizens, should we not have a say-so in this? Do we have a say-so in this? Is there a way that we can be involved so we know how our money is being made here in Canada? It just, it seems... It seems like something that happened in behind closed doors that probably we weren't meant to know about. And if it wasn't for these protesters, I personally would not have come across it because no news article would have been written about anything. And that's a really good question. How much say so if we're a democracy should Mm -hmm. people have in um, in its countries like economic and international dealings Mm -hmm. like the most say so we have is that we vote for. We vote for MPs. We vote for um, premiers. Like, it just goes municipal, provincial, federal. Mm-hmm. But we're really just voting for people who we think are aligned with our own values. Like, that's how this works. But that's as far as it goes. We see a color, green, orange, red, or blue, and we're just like, oh, this color aligns with me, so I'm going to vote for this color that I think represents me. Mm-hmm. But that's as much involvement as we get. What really go what like, like what really goes on happens behind closed doors. It seems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it seems like it it's doesn't matter no, what color it you <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it is people, people who I can just hear whoever's listening being like, well, obviously, <laughs> like it's politics. Well, yeah, but yeah, still, but still, like when you when you actually think about the impact that these decisions are having, and yeah. we have no idea. Yes, it's a little like it's a little bit of a rude awakening. It's jarring just it's to jarring. know that mm-hmm. literally, I've driven past that track on several occasions not too far from where uh it's not too far from where i live and just literally thinking that this a train that is going on this track is literally actively going towards killing children (laughs) because like children are are a very 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 big part of this because a lot are dying a lot are malnutritioned a lot are are dying from famine like it's just it's it's not okay the federal government <laughs> officially on the record says mm. it has found no evidence that the vehicles have been used for any kind of like war purpose then what are they being used for thank you that's what i was gonna say i was like so what, what then, are you just then why are they just gonna be stored somewhere then break <laughs> then break the deal exactly because like, what else is their purpose what else is for their an armed function? vehicle yeah um Going specifically to Saudi going Arabia. Specifically to Saudi going specifically to Yemen. Mm-hmm. Like that's just an insult to the Canadian public's intelligence. And I could feel like 
they this statement could be true in the sense that they did not find any evidence because oh, the person yeah. looking for it wasn't looking semantics. for evidence. You know, exactly. Yeah. And that's that is politics in a nutshell. Mm. Semantics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just I'm I was genuinely taken aback when I read this. I, I'm very shocked to see our little town here in London, Ontario is just as you said, part of a much bigger problem. Mm-hmm. It's very, very movie like. It's very epic, but not in a good way, you yeah. know? But I feel like London is the perfect place to do something like that just because it's oh, small enough. Oh, I had that enough. thought too. Oh, yeah. It's small enough that yep. we, you can get away with things, but big <laughs> enough that people just don't care. Word, you know? man. That's right? London. <laughs> that is London. <laughs> exactly. And I'm yep. like, wow, how many other things? It makes me curious to know how many other yep. things are happening, you know? How many other you know, little seemingly mm-hmm. small strings are there to pull. Exactly. And then we just unravel mm-hmm. this whole tangled mess. Like, yeah, it's and, everywhere. And here's the thing. I now understand, well, I've always understood the why people believe in conspiracy theories, yeah. especially against the government. Mm-hmm. But things like this, it makes it so much easier for somebody to fall for some of the BS conspiracy theories because you're, it's just pushing all the population away from believing well, what la- the government that lack says. Of transparency, exactly. that lack of trust. Conspiracy theories are a symptom of mistrust. Exactly. And that mistrust mm-hmm. has led to COVID conspiracy boot camps. I was like, I'm sorry, what? When I read this article, I'm like, there's yep. there's a boot camp for this? So let me let me give you all some information about this COVID conspiracy boot camp. So this boot camp is a six-week online course course that costs you 623 bucks. It is for aspiring, or sorry, it is where aspiring activists learn tactics of persuasion to sow seeds of doubt about information coming from public health authorities. It's run by Sherry Tenpenny. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. And she calls herself the grandmother of the anti-vax movement in the States. So before I give some figures, <laughs> I love the cackle. I love the cackle. Um, and I'll, I'll give some figures and facts a little bit later about numbers and like how much money is being made. Hey, hold it. I got to look up a picture of mm. Sherry Tenpenny, oh. grandmother of the anti-vax movement. <laughs> this is not oh real. Oh my God. Yeah. No way is her name Sherry Tenpenny. One second. Yep. Hold up. And she's an osteo. Uh, she oh, what's osteo? I forgot what the word is. Let me. I'll is look she it an up. Osteopath? Yes, she's an osteopath. So she does have some sort of uh, medical training in some capacity, and it's it's very interesting to continuously hear some of the medical professionals that are choosing the cons- not conspiracy route necessarily, but the let's dis- mistrust science route. It's she's, it's interesting, but go on. Karen to a T, like <laughs> like that's what I. She delivers on all the expectations of mm. what Sherry Tenpenny, grandmother of the anti-vax movement, <laughs> would look like and present themselves. So, Oh, wow. man. All right. And so before, as I said, before we get into the facts and figures, what mm. what do you think of this whole thing? What do, what do you think of a COVID conspiracy boot camp? I mean, I just need to take off my glasses and <laughs> just give me a second. <laughs> I know. Take it in. Take it in. Six-week online course, bro. Oh my god. Yeah. Snake oil. Mm. Snake and oil. I'm happy that you said snake oil because funny enough, she or not funny enough, unsurprisingly <laughs> enough, she plugs all these vitamins that can help does. you get through COVID instead of the vaccine and the the solid scientific evidence 
that the vaccine can work. She she routinely plugs vitamins that are, surprise, surprise, found on her website. Uh -huh. Who would have thought that she had the key to solve COVID, guys? And like I said, I'll give you some facts and figures. So if the, the article I read, it was a marketplace article by CDC. And the particular class that this uh, this writer was in, 400 other people were in this course, which means Wait, whoa. 400 people were in this course with just this <laughs> one person who was writing the article. And you know how much money that is for 623 bucks with 400 people? $250,000 just off class fees. And I was like, interesting. I knew that there it was a lucrative business, but I just did not realize conspiracy theory was this specifically yeah. anti-vax conspiracy, or sorry, vaccination conspiracy theories was this lucrative. And what I found the bullshit is lucrative, man. Like, apparently, you know, like this girl, just, we're in the wrong business. Think, yeah, like <laughs> the hell am I doing with my life? Um, bullshit is lucrative. This make this is no different than like you know those televangelicals who mm. have like private jets mm. from the collection money mm. and like money a money counting room like behind <laughs> like in the back space of the parish Lord. like it's the exact same thing i like why do you think people pay for this i think people pay for this going back to what we said before uh about conspiracy theories starting big because of mistrust, mm -hmm. I think everybody as a human being wants an answer. We want to make sense of what's happening. We And for us, we're doing this podcast. If you have to pay <laughs> for the answer, it's probably not the answer you're looking for. Like, that's But somebody <laughs> could argue going to school would be something similar. Paying for school to get a better understanding of something, whatever that something but is. I'm not going to school to like, you know, like I'm not... I'm going to school to learn like a particular subject, but mm -hmm. not the meaning of life, man. Like not the True. answer to like all my existential woes. Like I'm going to school to like mm -hmm. get like have a foundation so that I can make up my own mind. In this case, I could hear I you could know? hear somebody on the other side arguing <laughs> yeah. that they're trying to do the same thing in the sense that they're trying to understand the vaccination, they're trying to understand COVID, they're trying to understand um, just like medical sciences in a very well, short then, period yeah, of time. Then, I, then, then what I think is that people are just too fucking lazy to like mm. actually go down the, mm -hmm. the proper academic mm. route. Like people want a quick, easy answer mm -hmm. and they want it now. Uh, and that's, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And what I found to be probably one of the most interesting parts of this is her business partner is the one who primarily teaches the manip manipulation tactics. And a quote from him in this article is, <clears throat> understanding the subjective human experience and how each individual stores their, their version of information is key to unlocking their mind and building trust. Whoa, it's cold. And success, successfully affecting it's cold. change it's with, them, with red them. Red alert, red alert. <laughs> oh my God, turn back, abort, Ex abort. <laughs> It's no, seriously, it's the cult of Sherry Tenpenny. And that's the yep. thing. It's really, it's very much so. And going back to the first uh, thing I said, it's about sowing the seeds of doubt from about information coming from scientific, scientific first, experts first or public they health. they break you, then they right? build you back up. And that's exactly yep. what I'm feeling. That's mm -hmm. exactly what's going on where it's like, no, everything in life that you ever learned is wrong, but I am right. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> and that's kind of the energy I'm getting from this. And I'm yep. like, bro, that... 
it's just what's most terrifying about this is this is not just in Canada. This is far reaching. She is from the States, as I had mentioned. It's prominent in Canada, in India, in Europe. Like there are people around this world because it's an online class that are, are taking this information, paying this money to get this information to then go speak to other people. One of Sherry's or Sherry, right? That's her yep, name. Sherry Tenpenny. <laughs> One of Sherry's main objectives from what I read in the article is She's like, I'm teaching you 400 this so you can each teach a thousand other people. Oh, and I'm man. like, bro, what this is... What are the pyramid scheme cults? This Those is are the worst. insane. It's like a virus. Right. <laughs> but um, t- <laughs> But yeah, that is... It really is like a virus and it's spreading uh, like a wildfire. And it's... It's so interesting that $250,000, bro, just off class fees. So, of course, of course she's going to push push all her information to be correct. And it's just, it's fascinating. And, of course, her business partner's going to be like, hell yeah, like, let me help them. But it's just. Uh, if you, you know what? If you're going to fall for something, can you yeah. at least fall for something cool? Like <laughs> <laughs> Something that's going to keep us in this lockdown forever. Yeah. Like if, if I'm going to join a cult, because it seems inevitable at this point. I know, like right? Everybody's joining cults these days. <laughs> Whether oh, they realize it or not. Some but cult, some commune if, somewhere. Yeah, if I'm joining one, like, it's it's going to be, like, fucking awesome. Like, mm-hmm. it's, you know. Oh, man. Yeah. And so ways in which people, at least here in Canada, are trying to counteract this boot camp and just misinformation in general mm-hmm. is creating the job of a science communicator. Now, I'm not too sure if it's relatively new. It sounds like it's relatively new. And what a science communicator is specifically is the person that is breaking down complex scientific terms for the public so here in canada this particular science um scientific communicator um has been trying to do like online live uh q a's so people can call in people can zoom in so and they can just talk with them and ask their questions and she in this particular case in the article i was reading is trying to break it down so that they can understand um my question to you is, are we too far gone to even listen to a science communicator? Because the whole point of a lot of the coronavirus conspiracies, the root cause of, of it is mistrust from the government. And this is a job funded by the government. So do you even think that, like, do are we too far gone to even listen to somebody like a scientific communicator, or science communicator, excuse me? We have to try something. I like, agree. It, are we too far gone? Yeah, like, the visual in my head right now is, like, you know, a boat. Let's mm-hmm. like it's a sinking ship, mm. and you're just like, well, I, like you know, I have to try something. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I feel like it's the, the Titanic, yeah. and the band is playing as we're going down. Like yeah. it's just... I, well, I feel like the science communicator is mm-hmm. like a very small bucket trying to like bail yep. out mm. the water that's coming into like the Titanic yep. right now, like breaking <laughs> all the and someone's just like, I can fix this. I can fix this. Exactly. <laughs> and honestly, personally, I feel like we're too far gone. Cause yeah. that, that is such a great visual by the way. <laughs> Cause it explains exactly how we're feeling right now. Is the science communicator label on the bucket. Like <laughs> someone please make that meme for us. That'd be yeah. wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, no, I personally feel like we're too far gone in this case. I feel like a science communicator is a great idea, but it should be implemented in school, even as young yeah. as elementary school, so people can begin building the idea of critical That's thought. Right. That's right. You know, because yeah. you can't. It's so hard as an adult to change you your habits. Not teach an old dog new tricks. Exactly. And, yeah. And many people yeah. are are very 
let me not say one track minded, but I think a lot of people are dead set in their ways. I don't think that you have to be open to change. And if you believe you're right, you're not really interested in hearing other people. A lot of courage yep. and self awareness mm-hmm. to admit that your beliefs are wrong. Yeah, like that takes an, an and and it's not only that, but it's traumatizing to do that. Like mm-hmm. to have your belief system broken down mm-hmm. is. Um, like a deprogramming experience. That, Absolutely. Like if people don't want to go through it, they won't because they literally cannot. It's mm-hmm. it's jarring to the human brain. Absolutely. To suddenly look back at your life and go, oh fuck, I was wrong. Right. So especially if it's been a very long time, and depending yeah. on what that belief is, it, so it could are be just gonna get more damaging. And more entrenched. And that's you're, the scariest so I see, part. I see, I see that's if that's what you're saying by what mm-hmm. you mean, we are too far gone. Yeah. yeah. That's, oh, yeah. that's exactly what I mean. I just, I feel like people are too dead set in their ways. And it's just, it's at the point where, as you just mentioned, it's a little too late. Like it's, it, no for one's going to, for people. a lot of people, not yeah. to say everybody, like we are, but we for, are here for, having this conversation. Thank mm-hmm. God. And I, I, yeah. I believe there are more of, of op- more open-minded people who are interested in, in learning. But we got to go underground <laughs> for the next <laughs> right? decade or so. Right? I'm yeah. like, oh my God. We but, gotta, we gotta just like wait this one out. Oh man, that kind of answered my my next question. Where do we go from here? Underground. Uh, underground. <laughs> We're gonna go in hiding because yeah. I don't know how to deal with this anymore. Because it's like you can't. How can you deal with misinformation if they don't even trust your information? Like I, I don't understand how we can fix that gap of a problem where it's like, oh, you believe what scientists say, so you're wrong already, and it's just like, so you don't want to hear empirical evidence. Like I, I don't understand how we can combat that part, right? But. <sighs> moving along <laughs> new covid restrictions guys as we mentioned earlier at the beginning of the pod new covid new covid lockdown is happening in ontario and it's going to take effect it's on a lockdown Saturday. but it's not a lockdown but and it's that- kind of like a lockdown but it's not the same as a lockdown <laughs> stay tuned for details <laughs> <laughs> and that's literally exactly that's exactly the best way to describe it so some of the new rules that i've been reading and i think it's still ongoing but this is what i got from uh the article i read is essential retail retailers are capped at 50 percent occupancy non-essential stores are capped at 25 percent occupancy occupancy and you can go golfing apparently, <laughs> but you can't go to the hair or nail salon. That part gets me, man. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, all right, so we can have a little less people at the grocery stores mm-hmm. and a couple fewer people at the clothes stores. Fine. Um, you can go golfing, but you can't get your nails done. So, <laughs> and I was like, I understand golfing. You're outside; it's easier to social distance. But it's things like this that that kind of piss me off because it's just like yep. if this is if honestly we are that bad here in Ontario as all the news outlets are saying, including Ford, straight coming from Ford's mouth. Everything should be locked down. We need to do like a total lockdown similar to New Zealand where they're like, stay in your fucking house and don't leave while we figure this shit out. Because <laughs> I don't understand. Exactly. Oh my. And schools. Schools are still open. But Ilhan, our freedom. <laughs> our freedom does not matter what apparently. What our freedom? Well, what matters about our freedom if we're dead? Because it looks like that's what's going to take for everybody to be like, oh, maybe this is more serious than we thought. And I'm just yeah. like, bro, how are schools still open? Yeah. How are how are 
how is anything still open? We need like a serious lockdown, even if it's just for six weeks of, okay, we're locking everything down. Mm-hmm. Fuck everything. I'm sorry. We'll help you with more with more money like we did last year. But we need to lock things down because if it's getting this bad, it's not, it's only going to get worse with the better weather. Because people are going to yeah. be like, fuck it. It's, it's nice. It's on. I'm going to go outside. The amount of people, I went for a walk yesterday. And even though I'm going for a walk, even though I'm outside, I'm still wearing my mask, right? Just because mm-hmm. I'd rather be safe than sorry. The amount of people outside, not giving a fuck, just lollygagging, groups, just out and about doing what I, and I'm like, bro, we're never going to get out of this perpetual cycle of, hey, let's give you some, let's give you some freedom, never mind, let's take it back. Let's give you some freedom, never mind, let's take it back. And it just seems like an ongoing cycle. And speaking of that push-pull mm-hmm. of the word freedom, mm. which has a whole new meaning these mm-hmm. days, um, what, like, my first gut reaction to the news when this came out yesterday was oh god we just had like that freedom march rally thing i think it was last weekend hundreds of people in toronto and in london Mm -hmm. where i'm going at is like they there's already like this really tense relationship with the government right now regarding these lockdowns Mm What are these people capable of? Like, I'm a little bit like, oh, fuck. What, right? like, what's the reaction going to be that's going to come out of this? Honestly, I feel like some sort of rebellion. Now, by no <laughs> some means. sort of January 6th. But like, yes, literally. But like Ontario style. Absolutely. Yeah. So we'll be a little bit more polite, but we're, <laughs> we're still going to fuck shit up. Yeah. And I really do feel like genuinely that that's kind of where we're going to go. Because it's just getting worse. It's a bigger and bigger disconnect between the group that says we're anti-government. Yeah. Um, and it's so, just like feeds into their frustrations and understandably so like yeah. we're all frustrated so i get it but mm-hmm. it see it, i feel like it's pushing people to dig deeper into their heels when it comes to being anti-vax uh particularly with covid vaccine like an- being an anti-vaxxer that's that's a conversation for another day but particularly with covid and the vaccine for co- the vaccines out there for covid i feel like people are just going to dig deeper and i think it's going to push even more people to what we just talked about COVID yeah, boot those camps. next, you know, like, what's what we're really going to see. I don't mean to catastrophize. So, like, to be oh, realistic. Oh, that's what we do here. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very scary time Doom to be alive, Doom and gloom man. episode, guys. Doom and gloom episode. <laughs> You're all thinking it, though. Um, but, okay, like, maybe we won't have – we're not going to have a coup. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I take that back. I I, I'm going to simmer down a little bit on that. But <laughs> what is most likely going to happen is mm-hmm. that – those freedom rallies next time they happen, they're mm-hmm. probably going to be double, triple the size. Like they're going to be a lot more people at these things. Because now it's not even just about the freedom of wanting I mean, to not wear a mask. It's more so like leave me alone. $623 yeah. for a six week online course mm-hmm. and someone's profiting 250000 Yeah. Yeah. People are really, they are literally buying this. They're, they're hungry for information. Yes. And if they're distrust and mistrust of the government. And here's the thing. I am by no means full on believe everything the government says. Not nah, clearly at the very no, beginning clearly, of this podcast. Yeah. We're <laughs> Don't like, trust anybody. There you go. Basically. <laughs> but <laughs> of course the government has its issues. Um, mm-hmm. I do feel like there is a lot, a lack of transparency that does push quite a few people yeah. away from even wanting to understand the, the inner workings of this politics. This is just a natural progression mm-hmm. of when you have a government yep. that... that has zero transparency mm-hmm. and you know says one thing then does another you're gonna get uprisings you're absolutely gonna get, you're gonna get people form militias mm-hmm. which yep. i would go so far as to say this freedom rally thing militia and that it's it's pushing yeah. more and, and more towards happens. that yeah. and and i'm genuinely worried that we mm-hmm. will actually have 
listen, you want to be a little bit more optimistic than me, but <laughs> I do think that we're going to have that some similar January 6th awakening here in Canada that happened in the States. Yeah, we're like, going to have our own version of that probably. And it's, it's going to be bad because I think it's mm. all it's going to do is continuously add to the spread of COVID. It's going to continuously add to further restrictions. And I just, I don't, I don't even know if people, going back to what I said earlier about having a complete lockdown similar to New Zealand, I don't even know if people will listen. Like, yeah, we're going to close businesses. We're going to close everything. But will people actually listen or are people going to stay home or is it going to push even more people yeah. to freedom rallies? Yeah. The, the last one, that one, oh. that one. She just said, let's <laughs> give me that. Guys. Oh. But what I want to really talk about as well, um, why are schools still open? I think that is the strangest part about this whole thing. Like that would actively help. I I can't say substantially, but I know it would actively help. Can I turn on the heater? Oh my God, absolutely. Girl, it is cold. It's cold. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really feel like school, schools being open are is actively going to help the spread. Even whether I understand like I, completely as a student, I understand the want and need to be in a classroom with other students just to socialize and learn and to be with your professor, your teacher. But schools, man, school after school in London is getting COVID um, mm -hmm. positive, higher COVID positive rates and just being like, OK, we have to everybody stay home here. Or some some uh, some schools are open. Some schools aren't. Some uh, schools are at a certain capacity while others aren't like it's just there needs to be some sort of cohesion cohesion between all the schools and what they're going to do. And personally, I think they should close down and give these students a break because holy shit. How long are they? So the schools are still going to be open during mm -hmm. this so-called lockdown. Yep. That And I don't understand. And it's not even, and that's what I mean. Some schools are, are, are like, you know what? We're moving everything to online. Other schools are like, no, we have some people online. We have some people in person. Other schools are like, yeah, we'll figure it out. And I'm just like, it's it that to me is it's such a large population of students because it's schools all across the board, colleges, universities, high schools and elementary schools that are still remaining open. And it just seems to me that it does not make sense because that's such a big population of people, especially young people. And already we know a lot of young people in, don't care as much or aren't as in tuned with what's going on. Um, hey, and like you should be because there's a 60% higher chance of death and fa like fatality with mm -hmm. these new strains, which and take up um, yesterday, it was rising from 67 to 68% of the cases. Which means guys, it's going to affect everybody, including getting, our age groups. It's getting even it's getting scarier. Real. Yeah. It's getting really fucking real right now. Because it used to be, oh, it's just an old person thing. Like, whatever, whatever. Who oh. cares about grandma and grandpa? And then now it's like, oh, shit, my friends are getting COVID. Uh, yeah, maybe I should actually do okay. something about uh, do something about about uh, curbing the spread. What I found very interesting, and I think people tend to forget this, is that just because you had COVID and you didn't have necessarily a bad experience with it does not mean you're not going to have long lasting effects. Because the whole issue with COVID, well, not the whole, the many issues with COVID, but one of them is that it has long lasting effects on your lungs. Mm -hmm. And some people, depending on the particular strain and their own body, it could have effect on your brain. So just because you survived the first time and it seemed fine, like you're like, oh, it's like the sniffles, like I'm fine, doesn't mean that it's not affecting your body in the long term. So, I, and because we don't know how it's gonna affect everybody's body in the long term, I just, I think we really need to be air on the side of caution mm -hmm. and just be more cautious, but. I don't know, man. I just, schools being open to me is kind of an indication like 
students shouldn't care. And it's like, no, we should very, very much so care, especially because of the alarming statistic that you had mentioned that about 68% of the cases are variants and yeah. the variants affect us. Yes. And um, like we, if, if there are a race between the vaccine and the variants, the variants are winning. Have one. Mm, that's a better, ooh. Doom and gloom episode. Doom and gloom. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it's okay, speaking. I, yeah, well, our, our next thing is, is was, about Western. I was like, like, speaking of school and I outbreaks. Do, I do want to say, since we are, yeah, and since we're warning students here mm. and talking about the seriousness, if that doesn't scare you, then this, well, two 21-year-old women were charged 10 thousand dollars minimum ten thousand minimum charge ten thousand yep. dollars for hosting a saint patty's day party so yep remember us saying like you know wondering about the accountability of the mm -hmm. city this is a little gratifying that's good news it good i'm i'm happy to hear like i'm i'm oh sorry sorry the 21 21 year olds like that's a lot of no money sympathy. but I still have a little sympathy because I was like, I can understand why you're just like, oh, I just want to party. But at the same time, bruh, $10,000, because it's a minimum $10,000 fine if they can prove that you were, uh, uh, I guess, part of the problem. There was so and much warning. Yeah, there really was. The there was a lot of warning. The situation is pretty serious. Mm -hmm. No, you're right. Tough <laughs> you're love, man. Tough yeah. love, yes. Oh, I we definitely need tough it. love. I hope it was the greatest St. Patty's Day party ever and i'm certain it wasn't <laughs> i'm certain <laughs> i'm certain they're like god damn it we shouldn't yeah. have done this but um yeah i'm happy to see that there is some sort of ram uh some sort of consequence mm -hmm. coming out of going against the rules but man can you imagine as a student being fined 10k for hosting a party because here's the thing you, and i think inside the house you were only allowed to have a maximum of 10 people either there was a maximum inside the house and a maximum mm -hmm. outside the house Imagine they were just like one or two people over the maximum inside the house. Like I would, because oh, yeah. they didn't specify the number, but imagine if it was like, God damn it, why'd you bring your boyfriend? I'm pissed. Like now I have to pay 10K for him to be here. But well, yeah, like, you know, but like that's how these yeah. things happen. Yeah. I can't one person tell you brings how many, someone else. Yeah, how yep. many um, parties I have not been to, but I've heard mm -hmm. other people going to where they mm -hmm. thought, oh, it was just going to be four or five, but mm -hmm. then someone brings a guest without, without clearing it with the mm -hmm. host. And then, and then you get fined. Yeah. So I'm, I'm so interested. I would love to know the specifics about that one. So, hey, if you're the 21-year-olds that got fined, hit us up at the Interabank because we'd love to chat. But, yeah. um, no, in all seriousness, I, it, I'm very interested in, in the specifics about that case just to out of curiosity. But yeah, It's a hard life lesson there, though. Oh, man. $10,000. $10, just, just for a party. No party will no. ever be worth it, bro. I'm telling you. I'm telling you this for right now. Ontario St. Patty's Day party. Oh, like, good lord! Mm. But continuing with the Western outbreak. Mm -hmm. mm, mm. So <laughs> I have it written here. Here we go again. Because <laughs> I feel like every single podcast that we have come together on, Angela, we have spoken about Western and an outbreak of some sort. I mean, like, of course we have. They keep on happening. They uh -huh. have been all freaking year. Mm. And I read once again interesting article. And let me just put it in perspective. So 20% oh, yeah. <clears throat> of London COVID cases are coming from Western University. Now, someone might ask, how? what's the population of Western? Like, how, how does that affect the uh, Western and London ratio in terms of, of people? And to put it in perspective, Western makes up about 8% of the population here in London, uh, typically. Seems like so much more. Right? But they're making 20, up 20% 20 
of the COVID cases in London. So I'm like, a small population is making up a large percent, not a large, a larger percentage than one would think. Significant, that's a better word, a significant uh, percentage of COVID cases. And it just seems like Western doesn't care. And let me tell you why I think Western doesn't care. So here are the new rules at Western uh, that came out as of yesterday from the article that I was reading about what they're trying to do to combat some of the new cases that are happening and also the the new restrictions that are coming in. So Western's new rules, and this is just a few of them, everyone on campus is now required to wear three-layer non-medical masks and will be, dis- and of course, the school's going to distribute that. Kudos to you. Glad that you're actually giving it to people rather than making them pay for it. Um, employees working within two meters of each other must now also wear a face shield. Okay, fair. fair. Understand. All common areas, including floor lounges, study rooms, and main lounges, have been closed, and students must wear face coverings at all times when outside their bedrooms. Cool. Um, so what about the partying? <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like, and I can't say for certain, that that might be a bigger part of why there's such a spread going on at Western, that yeah, students are like, we study rooms are the problem, guys. Mm, exactly. Because <laughs> I'm like, all you're doing is closing off the locations that students typically would go in, uh, in uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, basically, you're starting on the places that they could go to try and get some space to try and at least socially distance and socialize mm-hmm. to now confining them into their rooms and jam-packing as many people as they can secretly to try and party because students are going to, as we discussed last podcast, they have this ample energy that they need to get out from studying so much. And I completely understand that, both as a student and just as a human being. But all they're doing is now closing off any possibility outside of partying secretly to let these students get off some, I mean, hey, if you want to go golfing, that's open. But yeah, you can go (laughs) golfing, guys. There you go. But yeah, it just seems like Western's not really combating the real problem um and here here's the thing let me everybody listening yes this is a fanshawe podcast don't get me wrong but you know fanshawe's been doing pretty pretty well when it comes to this you're not hearing about constant outbreak Uh, after outbreak after outbreak coming from fanshawe damn straight so i i mean we're not here just to shoot on western but uh it's a bigger problem should be fairly (laughs) specific to the western community exactly so uh that is just a little disclaimer i want to throw out there so if if this was happening at fanshawe we would wholeheartedly be discussing it (laughs) um but because it's happening at western that's kind of why our main focus is there but uh yeah my question to you angela i mean we've kind of already answered it will these new (laughs) rules help (laughs) no watch watch there be a couple other outbreaks Mm -hmm. because i i think the reason we're seeing all these outbreaks now Mm -hmm. is from the past months from the past two weeks because remember we are always two weeks in the past when it comes to covid Oh, God. It always has a yep. two-week head start on us. Yep. Mm. Um, like, this will obviously this will obviously help people living in residence who are not taking part, mm-hmm. hopefully, in mm-hmm. these parties. Because mm-hmm. like, I, I, I think, like, the issue is the off-campus partying. Yeah, more absolutely. Than, obviously, absolutely. more than on-campus. And mm-hmm. then that's, that's, like, so not fair to these students living in yeah, residence. absolutely. Mostly, like, a lot of them are probably international, too. Like, these, yeah. like international students have to pay for private health insurance like come Ooh, on like i did i forgot about that yeah fact. like it, it's it's 550 dollars for an international student to get a 
fucking COVID test. Did you know that? Like, wow. think of your peers. So anyways, people Damn. are probably partying off campus and then yep. bringing it to the residents. So yep. hopefully this will help those people living in residence. I hope so. But I just feel like oh. it's just going to once again, just as we were discussing before, how it's pushing those that are uh, wanting to go to the Freedom Marches or interested in the Freedom Marches. I feel like it's pushing a crowd into that space with the new lockdowns. And I feel like these new rules are pushing students who are like, Man, I'm sick of this shit. I want to be around people to just quietly or secretly partying more because partying is not going to stop. Like that's just, especially at a school known for partying, it's not going to stop. So what is Western doing specifically to combat that? And that's what I would like to understand. It's punishing these kids in residence too. Now they they can't even go to their their study study places and their lounges. Like the impact that this Mm -hmm. is going to have on mental health. Exactly. And this is this is one so, of the stressful months, right? Or March and April, two oh of the most God. stressful months because there's just so much work towards the end of yeah, every it's semester. It's in the best of times this time of year. Exactly. And so it's it seems like off-campus people aren't uh, – or off-campus students aren't really being affected by these new rules. You know the theme of this podcast lately has Doom and been – It's been like how one decision has an mm. overall impact on society. Like Absolutely. It's, are you not beginning to see that we are all connected, that mm-hmm. our choices mm-hmm. and our decisions impact our community, mm-hmm. impact our city, impact the world? Mm. And so that's not an understatement. No, it's not. Like, that's that's what this is all about. Like, yeah. that's the raising consciousness of this whole situation to have to be going through a pandemic with the internet. Right? Yeah. We can, we're now, like, you can't look away. You can't ignore the mm-hmm. fact that um, what you do with mm-hmm. yourself, what I do with myself, it mm-hmm. has consequences that impact yep. other people who mm-hmm. have, who don't even have anything to do with it to begin with. So, yeah, like, wake up. Goes back to community. Stop partying. Yeah. Like, I, and and hopefully, like, we get there. Uh, hopefully. hopefully. like, this will eventually push us to this realization that we, we do need to, like, actually be responsible. And this is a pandemic. This is real. We need to stay inside and take care yeah. of ourselves. And it's that, probably going to take, like, another year or two, I oh hope. God. It's going to take a while. <laughs> Seems to be oh, a lot man. of pushback so yeah, far and I feel like of denial. I feel like part of that is the denial. Yeah. Part of that is just the general mistrust in the government. Part of that mm-hmm. is the lack of transparency coming from the government. Um, and as we discussed in last podcast, the infrastructural infrastructural issue and the lack of communication even within the government. Um, but I also think it comes down to just people are selfish. And, Amen. And sometimes, yes, it's important to be a little selfish. I'm not going to sit there and act like it's a completely bad thing. But there are times where you need to be selfless. And that is a time where community mm-hmm. outweighs the, – the need of the community outweighs your need. And in this case – your need to party or your need to gather socially. Like I understand for mental health reasons, we're all human beings, we're social creatures. We need people. And if this pandemic has not highlighted that, I don't know what else will, but But we need to find alternative methods of of being around each other, right? And if we don't, we're doomed. Like it's not gonna, nothing's gonna change. given without something being taken away. Exactly. Don't you see, like you can't just like, you can't just take something Mm -hmm. without, it having like something being taken from something else. You know what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. No, yeah. you're ju- you summarized it perfectly yeah. where it's like there's there, no give a without a take. Man. It's a balance, man. And if you and if you take, 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 and mm-hmm. if you take, 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 um, then someone's gonna have to give, give, give until yeah. they're depleted. And that's what I feel like keeps happening. Like it's just mm-hmm. one person or one group or one collective is giving, 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 and mm-hmm. the other's taking, taking, taking. And mm-hmm. it's just 
where will be when will we have a happy medium will there ever be a happy medium will be there somewhere that will there be something um, or somewhere that we can all see eye to eye and be like historically we've always had to get to a really bad point first so. how much worse though god damn like how much worse does this need to get for us to be like okay it's, as a it's community been worse. this is still this yeah. is still not as bad as things have gotten before this is mm. still not like bombing like you know yeah like nuclear bomb test territory mm. when mm. we're there then hopefully people's minds will change oh man I until guess then i feel, i feel like everyone i wish like everyone i wish there was like a physical way outside of just reading something um that people could really understand the impact of their individual people actions people don't understand it unless if it happens to them and that is just the greatest like flaw of being a human being mm. we don't you can never fully understand an experience unless if you have it yourself you can yeah, you know, that's a great way to put otherwise it. like it takes a lot of overcoming your ego mm -hmm. it takes a lot of sympathy a lot of compassion like a superhuman amount that mm -hmm. like not many people are equipped with because mm -hmm. they were born into a system that forced them to have to survive by stepping on others mm. oh that was that was that was bar okay <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh but yeah, speaking of actually uh, people stepping on others to get what they want, mm. <laughs> let's talk about Hur Huron trying to separate from Western University uh, and how unhappy. Oh, this is just funny. <laughs> and how un unhappy students are. So those... it's not good news, but it's funny news. Exactly, yeah. it's a little bit more lighthearted in yeah. comparison to everything else we've discussed. But yeah, to give some people a background, here on uh, the Huron campus at Western is looking to drop their affiliation agreement with Western and become their own university. And this is aiming to be happening in 2023. So the goal is to have, the Huron's goal is to have an, an, an blah, 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 wow, words. Huron's goal is to have an autonomous degree as a standalone university. And as I had mentioned, students aren't quite happy. Um, as a standalone university, they're going to lose their uh, the services offered yeah. through the University Student Council, the USC. And some of those services include mental health services. Uh, some of those include dental and health plans. Some of them include uh, arguably one of the more important parts of it, your bus pass. So Huron's yeah. going to have to find a way to provide that for their students on their own if they were to become a standalone university. And as I said, students are cheesed <laughs> and something um the general consensus is coming from students at least one student surveyed i think it was about 300 people and the general feeling is that senior administration has not displayed any intention to release a survey to conduct focus groups or otherwise host or facilitate other proactive feedback mechanisms to get an unbiased reflection of student feedback in other words That's pretty standard right <laughs> in other words the administration has decided to do this without real student input and i think that's ridiculous because bruh it's Huron. Like, it, you're a very small campus. There's no shade to anybody who's yeah, gone to Huron. Like, is this a branding thing? Like, what is this? That, I don't understand. I really don't know what it is that their their goal is. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't feel like Huron is known well enough to do that. King's University yeah. could. Like, King's mm -hmm. literally, it's its own world <laughs> Yeah. if you go to Western. But it's still an affiliate, so you still get a Western degree, which a lot of people appreciate, you know? Yeah. And they still have that autonomous experience. That's right. But not, not an autonomous degree. So it's, 
I, I really want to understand Huron's motivation, like the administration's motivation. It, are you getting more money? Is that is like if students apply directly to you guys, are you getting more money? Are you not happy with the cut Western gives you? Like, what is it? Because they've really not been transparent in what it is that they want, aside from the fact that they would just like to be a standalone university and give their own degree. And I'm just I'm very confused as to what it is that they would like from the outcome they would like from this. And I'm looking it up. Oh, please do. So that, <laughs> and yeah. um, one of the better parts of this, I guess, conversation or article that I was reading is that Western still has the opportunity to reject the proposal. So it it's not just Huron's decision or Huron's administration's decision. Western's administration also has a say-so. So they have the potential to reject it. Um, but from the talks that I've been hearing and the, the articles I've been reading, it looks like Western's not going to have too much of a problem with it because realistically, why would they? They're, yeah. they're still getting the same benefit as per usual in terms of money. Uh, I don't think that they're really going to hurt if Huron were to take away the students <laughs> that go to that campus because as I said, it's still a very small campus. Even in its space, it's small, right? So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure Huron's motivation. All right, we're back. We were looking at, <laughs> I found the statement. Mm-hmm. Huron at Western um, uh, statement Huron to begin consultations to amend current affiliation agreement uh, and grant Huron degrees. So they want autonomy. Yeah. They want the same autonomy as other liberal arts colleges. They're saying that mm-hmm. they don't have it. Mm. Um, but then, like, right into it, they just said, our residences are overflowing. And even with the opening of our new $20 million academic building, our facilities mm. are at capacity. Yeah, so it's growing. So it's a branding thing and mm-hmm. uh, it's a money thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. So I I see where the Huron Students Council is coming from. Um, the one thing that I would say is like, it just sounds like that Huron would have to do kind of what Fanshawe has done, which mm-hmm. is hire their own autonomous yep. um, students council, which yep. is like where we work, the Fanshawe Student Union. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's up to the union to take care of all of these things for students. And um, and there's no they haven't specified but, but a rollout why they plan need to do this. Like I still think Kings and Brescia are bigger than Huron, and yeah. they're still a part of Western. And that's that's what yeah. makes me curious the most. Like, what is it specifically that Huron thinks they will gain from this? Because personally, I feel like because it's one of the lesser known affiliates, the rate of students going to that school is going to drop. Just because they're like, well, why? they want that Western degree. Exactly. Like, why are they going to why would they apply to Huron when they could apply to Western and have a degree that no, no offense ha- would have more no, like meaning? This is, this is an unnecessary change. Like, right. Huron um, hasn't established itself enough in the same way Western well, has why to would give anyone that degree. Wanna, you know, even geographically, Huron is is still in that Western. It's across bubble. the street. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's across the street. So it's like. Like, if they're going to do this, then mm-hmm. I certainly hope that they're going to charge, like, a lower tuition rate, at least, for students. I because wonder. Because the incentive to go mm-hmm. to Huron yep. is that it's Huron at Western. Exactly. And that's – and once again, all this – Have you thought this through, Huron? <laughs> and I feel like – I really feel like maybe they have and they're just keeping everybody in the dark. But once again, it goes back to the conversation that we were having earlier. There's a lack of transparency in so many different uh, – I guess, administrations that run our lives. And in this case, the school one that runs the students' lives. And it's just, 
why have the students not had to say so? Because as I mentioned before, a lot of students feel like they're not being heard and it's they're like it's not going to affect current students of course it's going to take in effect in 2023 so it'll be a completely new crop of students coming in but at the same time it's just it seems very unfair you know like it just it seems like they're making a decision without any yeah any like, thought as to what is going to happen to the university in the long run like do they are they really banking that people are going to come to london ontario to go to huron university specifically over western are they hoping that those that don't get into western are going to like fuck yeah it, let's just go to huron that could be it and right look at the programs as well like um i forgot about that too they're very is, program specific it's not like western huron? it's liberal arts yeah like king's um, like Kings, <laughs> I keep on moving the microphone away from me. It's okay. <laughs> uh, I'm not, oh, where was my thought? Oh, we were talking about the programs that they the offer. programs that they offer mm -hmm. and being at liberal arts. I, I'm thinking of the whole like system. I liked what you were saying about this, mm -hmm. like the system of universities and colleges, mm -hmm. um, in our society yeah and it it's making me think of this whole like lack of consultation mm -hmm. to how students feel yep this is like pretty much how the government has been treating students absolutely um for ever since the like the ford government came in and they had the student choice initiative and there was yep. no consultation with students either mm -hmm. i understand here's what i was going to say i understand that like education is valuable and that mm -hmm. we should pay our educators but absolutely. like this is my this kind of lends to my argument for education being publicly funded I think it should be. Post-secondary education should be publicly funded. Absolutely. Like, instead it's... of privatized because then you get bullshit like this. Exactly. And that's not a new concept at mm -hmm. all. You know what I mean? There's a lot of if, other places in this gonna, world that If you're not going to like care about your students mm -hmm. and talk to your students and have their input, then then what are, like, what are you doing? We're just then clients. We're customers. We're just clients and customers. And I'm like, that's not what I'm paying for. Like, mm -hmm. that's I'm here to get an education, get a better sense of the world and learn specific skills that will allow me to then be a productive member of society, right? And Is we, that not the whole point? Well, not only that, but like, I'm pretty sure that people who work in mm -hmm. education, like in academia, mm -hmm. like they're, they, a lot of them work below minimum wage. Like yeah. a lot of them are on the poverty line. Damn. And it's the administration who makes the money. Mm. at most institutions if and not all that it's it's ridiculous so you're going to shortchange the students paying for their education and you're the going to shortchange researchers exactly you're going to yeah. shortchange the who, people who that have are... a passion mm -hmm. to to teach this subject exactly. like people people who have people who pursue careers in academia are not doing it for the money exactly they're extremely passionate intelligent people mm -hmm. with a love of learning mm -hmm. and this is like the only space where they can pursue that love of learning and share it with yep. others in hopes to like make the world a better place or mm -hmm. in these privatized like basically corporations yeah so yeah we should we should rethink this process as well now and then put students into debt like come on oh god i don't even want to think about osap <laughs> and i got that stupid email like hey uh are you gonna from the national student loan um Service website Center. yep yeah, they're yeah. like hey so are you returning back to school if not your loan payments start this date yeah. and i'm like god damn money. it right yeah. um but my question is to you now, I've been thinking about this because I was like, how is Huron going to how, – how is this going to work? Do you think if Huron gets a better relationship with London as a community that will be open to this idea and be more, I guess, supportive? Do you think – because Western, as we discussed in last, last week's episode, mm -hmm. Western and London have a symbiotic relationship, mm -hmm. one that Western benefits greatly more than London does. Um, do you think if Huron were to establish itself as more of like – 
we're local, we're here for London, we're a part of London, as opposed to Western being its own entity. Do you think that could help in the the branding aspect, at least? Perhaps. It's what Fanshawe does, and it's mm-hmm. been very successful for Fanshawe. But, that, but then Ooh. again, Fanshawe is like a whole other beast because it puts students out into the community, right? And that's the thing. Do you yeah. think if they try and take the Fanshawe model that they'll soon have campuses popping up at a, <laughs> all over oh, the city? Oh, and then it could be like a whole other... Yeah, like there, there ain't enough room in this town anymore for any of these schools. Right, like. <laughs> right. And it, it's, um, it just continuously makes me so much more interested in what their ultimate goal is. Because yeah, we know money is to be made, but how are you going to make that money? Like mm-hmm. I, I really I, foresee students I can not really applying. See this hurting here on more than helping. Exactly. And I know that they're that they're over capacity, even with like their twenty million dollar facility or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like they're okay. You're growing. That's great. Yep. But what, why Why do you have to separate from Western if you're growing? And part of that growth is I absolutely believed is tied to Western. Yeah. <laughs> it's not because people are like, I'm going to Huron specifically because I want to go to Huron. A lot of people apply to the affiliates because they're like, hey, if I don't get into the main campus, at least I can get into an affiliate and then transfer over. Like yeah. that's, that's still, a, I'm not going to say the majority mindset of people applying to affiliates, but there is a, a, a population that is like, let me go here and then transfer over. And are you going to make it, even more difficult to transfer over if they are an autonomous university. I'm I'm curious about that as well because people mm-hmm. may still take that route and be like, let me get to Huron. At least I'm I'm all at London. But if they sever ties, will that even matter? I'm just reading this statement here, and uh, like they wanna they wanna be on par with other liberal arts focused undergraduate institutions in Canada: Mount Allison, Acadia, Saint Francis Xavier. Mm. But I was like, these but are still like, very. Are you prioritizing unknown? education if you're not even consulting your students with this Ooh, decision? That is true. That is absolutely true. Because you want to be on par with these, like Saint effects, mm-hmm. and like these are really good. Yeah. But are you? But you don't seem to care about the students. Yeah. That's the, and that's yeah. <laughs> and it really does come down to, as we just said, that mm-hmm. we're we're more customers than we are students. Like we're not here yeah. to be educated. We're here to fund whatever. Yeah, whatever I feel, thing I you guys feel want like us this to. This is more of like a branding and business thing yeah. than than a uh, you know we want to meet certain standards. Mm-hmm. Like no, they're just saying we want to expand our brand, we want mm-hmm. to build our reputation. That's a cynic in me. I don't know if yeah. you're sure, but it certainly is what it looks like. It definitely, definitely looks like that. So it'll be an interesting story to to keep up with. I uh, I wonder. Imagine Weston's like, nah, we're not letting you go. <laughs> I, I'm very excited to hear what Weston's gonna say. Just well, what do you what do you think they're gonna say? I I think they're gonna be like, ha go for it. Let's watch you watch. Let's watch this burn. Like no. I, know, <laughs> I don't think they're gonna be. I don't think they're gonna be hopeful for for the growth of of uh, Huron. But I think they're gonna be like, eh, fuck it, knock yourself out. Let's see. Do let's you see where see this a goes. Scenario where they'd be like, okay, try it. And then Huron tries it for like five years mm-hmm. and then it's like, okay, we're rejoining Western. Uh, yes, yeah. I absolutely, I feel like that's mm-hmm. where the cycle's going to go. Where they're like, yeah, go ahead. go. Ahead. It's like a parent being, <laughs> it's like a kid being like, I want to be the adult. And the parent be like, all right, let, let, go all ahead right. make a decision. Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens. And you come groveling back when you realize, uh, I don't know what to do. But, you know, we'll, we shall see. It's an interesting story that I'm excited to keep up with. Um, so I'll keep you all updated, maybe on another podcast. <laughs> uh, okay, so I know last week. I'm just going to throw this paper on the ground now. Uh, 
I know last week um, I wanted to introduce a segment called Good News, and I was able to talk about the Things Library once again, opening up in June, hopefully, depending on this whole COVID situation, we shall see. Will we um, get to June? Like, Right? Like, oh, God. <laughs> no, it'll um, come. It'll come. But uh, I wanted to add a little, a little brightness to this doom and gloom episode. Um, but girl, listen, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, before we even started, um, I spent an hour trying to find good news that has happened at least in the last like two weeks. The one thing I came across <laughs> in my hour of research is there is a man in Toronto who won the lottery but lost his ticket and he was able to retrace his steps and found the ticket. And I'm like, that's Wonderful. a cool story. I was like, that's, I'm good for you. I'm happy for cool. you. But I was like, I need some societal good news. <laughs> like, I'm just, One oh good my thing God. happened to one good person. Like. Right? And I was just like, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I didn't know how difficult it is to find good news that's not depressing or sad about this world. Let's try just, right now. Oh, I God. On live on air. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> Let's see if we can find some positive news out there just to add some light to all of our lives. Because as I said, this is a very doom and gloom episode, as has been the last couple episodes, if not the entirety of this podcast. Go away, shut down news. Um, right? On by you. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so funny. When I kept putting good news, it kept correcting it global news and i was like no no <laughs> i want good news oh man mama mia we're gonna have a mild easter sunday mm. that's not good <laughs> and according to ford he's like don't do anything for easter i saw the funniest meme yeah. where it's like uh somebody was winking i was from a particular show i can't remember where they're like don't do anything from e easter in a thought bubble and they're just like a big fake wink and I'm like, bro, that's basically what he's, that's basically these new restrictions. It's just one big fake wink. Like, stay inside. <laughs> wink. Um, an Australian Olympic medalist mm -hmm. uh, is guilty of a plot to smuggle $190 <laughs> million dollars worth of cocaine. So, okay. I'm, really, I'm so happy there. We're, oh, my God. You had me in the first half. I was like, I don't know where this is going. but <laughs> he, And he's a, he's a kayaker. $190 oh million dollars worth of cocaine. Oh, um, a man was stung seven times by murder <laughs> hornets. <laughs> While trying to oh save Vancouver Island's honeybees. That's Lord. terrible news. This, yeah, there's good news does not <laughs> exist apparently anymore. Oh, my oh, come God. Come on, man. Like, that, this was me for an hour looking at my computer screen like, bruh, really? Really? There's nothing that I can discuss. Oh, my God. Well, I'm stopping there. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, it's not, okay, fine. Oh, you know what? I will say. Mm-hmm. Here's, can we talk about some entertainment? Oh my God. Have you <gasps> seen the trailer for Zola? Oh my God. No, not yet. I really, I'm so Did excited. Did you read Absolutely. the Twitter thread? Oh my God. So those that don't remember the Zola Twitter thre thread go. from like, I don't even know, a couple years, it was like four years ago, yeah. perhaps. It was, a, it was a little while ago. First off, go look up the Zola Twitter thread. I read it thread. for the first time yesterday. I had Girl, no idea. I, I just really like A24 films, so I saw the oh trailer. I, I've been obsessed with the trailer. It looks so good. Before you watch the trailer, if you're listening, but please look up the Zola Twitter look thread the first. Zola Twitter read thread. it. And then watch that trailer. I'm so excited they're yeah. actually doing it. I haven't seen the trailer. So question, mm -hmm. based on the fact that you read it and mm -hmm. then you watched the trailer, mm -hmm. is there like, is there some cohesion? Is it is it really oh. paying respect to the story? There's cohesion. Yes. Oh, I'm hyped. And in fact, <laughs> that's actually one of the things I did. Mm -hmm. I watched the trailer. I'm mm -hmm. like, fuck is this i look at the youtube comments and they're referring to mm -hmm. the this twitter thread yeah so i went on this journey of like <laughs> discovery 
and I read the thread and I looked back at the trailer and you can pinpoint through the trailer like what parts Ooh, are happening in good. the story. So it's it's very, very, very true. Mm-hmm. And what I love most about it, mm-hmm. what tickles me the most pink is that somebody is finally making movies about crazy stories in the world. Right? Fuck this Marvel shit. Yeah. Fuck this like Suicide Squad, like, the, yep. like these comic books. I'm over it. Mm-hmm. This world is a crazy place. Yep. And this is where we need to be paying attention to in terms of storytelling mm-hmm. is what's going on right here and right now. I, I absolutely agree. And being in a globalized society where literally the internet is the world, mm-hmm. there's so much more to talk about than just oh, fantasy. The and world so is such a crazy place. I'm it's so delightful. happy that yep. exactly what you said, that they're bringing mm-hmm. these stories to life. I have to double check, but I really really hope because i remember when this first was announced a few years back that they were going to make this a film that the original girl zola who Mm -hmm. wrote the twitter thread um was going to be involved so i haven't looked it up to see if she's still involved but it sounds like if they're paying homage she's been doing the press tours okay she's been doing the interviews with the director perfect so then she is still involved because i'm like the the, just the way in which she wrote that story was so engaging that i can't imagine them losing that person because she was no, she was the reason why everyone read along, it. And I looked up like so it was Zola was this mm-hmm. one girl and mm-hmm. then Jess was the other girl who roped her into this whole <laughs> weekend in Florida. Oh my god! And I, the fact I that it was up, just a weekend. It was just one crazy weekend. Mm. Amazing, but right? life's like that, right? Yeah. Uh, so the, yeah, no, I was watching Variety did an interview with the cast, and this was supposed to come out like mm-hmm. I think last year, and yep. then obviously there are delays, so it's mm-hmm. extra exciting. It's coming out yep. now, but um, the original Zola just said like, finally, I manifested this. This is my life, yep. and finally, the world is catching up to me. And I, oh, I love that. Like she yeah, seems like such a woman. great, <laughs> yeah, just a great person for bringing stories to life because like Mm -hmm. I said the way in which she wrote that was so engaging that I remember reading through that and I didn't even realize an hour passed by because it is a long thread but you don't feel like it and I'm like and the twists and turns like you cannot make this shit up exactly and so I'm I'm so excited (sighs) thank you for bringing that positivity Because I completely forgot. I literally saw it at least three different times on YouTube. And I was like, okay, when I have time, I need to watch this. I need to watch this. So, oh, I'm excited. I'm going to definitely watch it when I get home now. Yep. Um, but man, okay. On that note, we have a little positivity, guys. Um, now, as I said, keep a lookout. There's going to be a bonus episode next week, guys. Ideally, uh, Monday or Tuesday. when uh, Monday when it comes out or Tuesday as just a special treat. Um, but technically, this is the last episode. Oh, yeah, of the year. This is the last episode of the year. Yeah, this whole week was hard. Um, I'll just say I was editing the, my very last issue of Interrobang mm-hmm. on Tuesday, mm. and I was crying. There oh. were real, very real tears in this office because... I, it hasn't hit me yet. Yeah. Mm. When it hits. When it hits, I'll, I'll call you. <laughs> yeah, call me. Let me know. Oh, my God. It's, but, yeah, it's and been like, a journey. normally, like... Yeah, I wasn't planning on staying at this job forever, mm-hmm. but wasn't planning on having this particular experience. That's really what it is. Like, yeah. life just like catches you off guard, mm-hmm. and uh, like this was a huge for me. This was a huge lesson in go- learning to go with the flow. Yeah, but definitely wasn't expecting to have this team, have this mm-hmm. experience, be uh, looking at the world in this way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm just grateful, like tears of gratitude Absolutely. to have this incredible like learning experience. It really has been like yeah. for those that are unaware, I'm gonna give Angela her flowers on air. I've done it behind the scenes, but you deserve it. Uh, to, you deserve to have it recorded. <laughs> You've been here for two years, correct? Like three. as three, three yeah. as editor for two as editor, one okay. as staff reporter. And I started mm-hmm. writing 
movie reviews back in 2015 <laughs> and that's how I even got into journalism so that's also that's why this come has up. been really special mm-hmm. yeah. yeah I was just gonna say for two years so I've been working with you for two years mm-hmm. and as editor on in your position I know Whoa. right that's crazy yeah and uh Girl, we need to just shout you out for being able to build this entire platform that you have because you have revamped this newspaper <laughs> from what it was to where it is now. You've built a podcast. You've built oh, just you like yeah. in conjunction. Like, we've done it together. Yeah. But like just where you've taken this to where from where it was is absolutely incredible. Like I want you guys to pick up a paper or even look it up online if it is online from like three years ago. Just Just casually see and then see where it is right now. No shade to anybody, but there has been progression. And that progression has come from, as you mentioned, the community you've been able to build. But, girl, you've... You've built a newspaper up. <laughs> well, me and it was me and the our graphic our in house graphic designer, me mm-hmm. and Meg Eastfeld, who's also she also started as a work study student. Mm-hmm. So like we were like OG like interrobang people, and mm-hmm. then we just found ourselves back here, and like we both had both cared about the same things. It was mm-hmm. a really good team, and like when you have people wanting the same things in a workplace that's Mm -hmm. when magic like that's when cool stuff happens the magic happens there absolutely find people who are on the same wavelengths but Mm -hmm. like the look of interrobang and everything our creative Mm -hmm. director darby deline Mm -hmm. and and meg Eesveld, Mm -hmm. like it was shout out to all of you all the right people absolutely throughout this very crazy year teamwork makes the dream work teamwork makes the dream work Mm -hmm. and like what what really impressed me was how people I think we all kind of use this as an outlet to deal with mm-hmm. everything else. So that's why it was special. Some of my articles are depressing as fuck for that reason. Yeah. But I, I but seriously yeah. think like the the all the issues that came out during pandemic year, mm-hmm. like my hope mm-hmm. is that eventually people years from now are going to look back at these archives and see yeah. what was going on through students' minds yeah. at we, this I point think, in time. I think all the writers were very – very honest, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And very vulnerable in what they were in their thoughts and their feelings and expressing it um, on paper for the, the world or whomever would like to see. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that added just a level of authenticity to a student paper. You yeah. know, it really was a student's voice. And I thank you for pushing us to be just like the writers that we are and just pushing us to go outside of what we already know, go outside of what um, we feel like we're good at and just try different areas of, of, of writing and just different techniques and just overall uh, overall looking at different parts or parts of ourselves and putting it into this paper. At least that that's how I felt. So mm-hmm. I appreciate that. You're a fantastic editor. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's the power of media. It's right. the power of, of again, team, mm-hmm. of storytelling, all that stuff. So, yeah. It's uh, won't be hearing the last of me, but it's time <laughs> oh. to move on. And, well, listen, you will yeah. not be hearing if you keep up with us. You won't be hearing the last of us, but eh, yeah, we'll, we'll right. get into that. We'll get into that some other time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but keep your eyes and ears open for you know just Angela McGinnis and Ilhan Aden. There, there might mm-hmm. be some other things in the <laughs> uh, in, in the workings. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but Angela, <laughs> <laughs> quote Doug Ford, stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, fuck that man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Exactly. Um, But uh, Angela, when and where can they find the Interrobang, the last Uh, last edition for this year? So we're going to put it out on Monday Mm -hmm. across um, our usual spots in the community. We have Mm -hmm. community boxes in Victoria Park, Mm -hmm. on Richmond, Oxford. Mm -hmm. We distribute on Western Campus. Mm -hmm. 
we distribute here on Fanshawe. And I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm chortling because like, is Western even going to be open on Monday? Like, <laughs> apparently. But at least UCC will. So mm-hmm. yeah, we're there. And then yeah. you can also find us at the interrobang.ca, mm-hmm. if I'm yep. not mistaken. I always forget. <laughs> and uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Absolutely. And of course, for this podcast, you can find the Interrobang podcast at Google Play, Apple Music, and Spotify. And Angela, would you like to give the very last call out? I sure would. <laughs> so just wear your mask. You guys, please <laughs> wear your triple layer mask. For the love of God, trust the experts. Mm-hmm. The experts who have studied in the field. Dedicated of, their lives of understanding yep, this and breaking it down them, for us too. Not fucking sherry ten penny oh like God. <laughs> trust this empirical evidence that's all i ask trust empirical who cares who's coming out of yep. just trust empirical evidence for the love of god for but- love of god and then above all please support student media because mm-hmm. um as we discussed how yes, important it is yeah student media is like one of the it's it's got we've got to have something that people can't access right like there absolutely. has to be something that belongs to just students absolutely seriously because mm-hmm. apparently not even your institutions are consulting you on oh, like huge God. choices of what happens right student media i am telling you guys yes. it's so important to hang on to because mm-hmm. that's your chance to have your voice heard absolutely absolutely imperative in these times absolutely so yeah the last thing i'm ever going to say support student media it's really important mm. Oh, and on that note, I won't see you guys next week. <laughs> As I normally would say, see y'all next week. But, you know, you'll hear you'll hear one more bonus episode. So keep a lookout for that. But aside from that, guys, this is our last journey. And it's it's been uh, an interesting one. <laughs> so if you have any feedback, any comments, questions, concerns, feel free to reach out on all the Interrobang socials. I don't socials. if you troll. <laughs> Just, Just let us know you're out let there, Let us man. know. Exactly. Yep. Let us know you're out there. Let mm-hmm. us know if you enjoyed it, if you did not enjoy it. Just all thanks for opinions, listening all the same. Exactly. Yep. All opinions are welcome. Um, this podcast was meant to be kind of an outlet for students. And hopefully, hopefully it's helped some people just... Kind, well, actually, it's been a lot of doom and gloom, so I don't know. I was going to say hopefully it's been able to take you away from the news, but all we do is bring it in. But hopefully it's been entertaining enough just to relax and listen to other people feel as as shitty as everyone else is feeling <laughs> right now and talk about the ancient nonsense. But on that note, thank you all so, so, so very much for listening. I appreciate it. And if you hate listening, that's cool, too. Yeah, that's cool, too, man. <laughs> Go for it. Let it oh, out. man. <laughs> Have a wonderful rest of the year. And as I said, keep a lookout for Angela and, and Ilhan. Yes. Some things are in the working. Some things are in the working, guys. On that note, have a wonderful day. 